Hello, 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 and welcome back to your Nerd of God cast, that place where Christ culture and nerd culture come together for some sweet, sweet two-player co-op. My name is Tony T, and for the next few minutes, we're going to talk about all those things that make us geek out and give glory to God, but I'm not going to be doing them by myself because tonight we are pleased to bring you round two of the Nerdy Podcasters Collective. I've got some amazing creators, some amazing content producers, some amazing voices and leaders in the Christian nerd podcast community. We're going to be introducing them to you in just a minute, but we want you to be a part of the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us across all the social medias at Nerd of Godcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also send us an email at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com or take a second to swing by our Facebook small group. That's the Nerd of God Squad. Send us a request and we're going to let you in. We're a pretty indiscriminate group. Nerd of God Squad on Facebook. Share some memes and live your dreams. Well, welcome back to the Nerdy Podcast Collective. I want to introduce some of our amazing co-hosts' voices tonight. Uh, with me, apparently, as always, uh, from the sunny state of California, would you please show some love and respect to the Christian nerd, Scott Higa. Love and respect, that's a bit much. I, I'll settle for one or the other. <laughs> well, I want we people to half, be scared of how much they love of me. Both. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Hello, Tony. Thank you for having me back. As always, I'll do my best not to derail it, which is my natural chaotic evil inclination. Well, you know what? I I, I can't ask a bird not to fly, so I would never put (laughs) anything on you. Uh, That was more than you could bear. Uh, Moving around the table, we have from the Geeks Under Grace podcast, you know him, you love him, LJ Lowry. How's it going? I'm uh, glad to be here. LJ, what what? Tell me what your favorite midnight snack is. What's your guilty pleasure? Uh, oh, uh, anything with peanut butter, really. I love it. You, that's the right answer. That's mm-hmm. exactly the right answer, Scott. You you were eating one of your uh, Reese's eggs from last year's Halloween. Uh, yes, I'm, it was Reese's pumpkin. Uh, uh, pumpkins. Still, well, the eggs are from Easter, but you know what? <laughs> still fresh. Out of the freezer, tasted the first test. Yes. No, you, 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 uh, you, you turned me on to that. Like, just go to Target after the major holiday and mm-hmm. buy the Reese's version of whatever holiday that is. Yeah. Throw it in your freezer, and you can enjoy that snack all year long. I want to put That's a pin amazing. in that conversation because I don't want to leave the rest of our, our cast here tonight on standby, but I definitely need to come back to the Target post-holiday candy celebration. And we're, we're going to do this. We're going to do this right. But before we do, uh, let me introduce to you, uh, I'm meeting him for the first time tonight, uh, Matt Williams yes. from the Geek Nation podcast and the uh, Ring Rust. I didn't know about the Ring Rust. Yeah, so it's uh, the original Geek podcast and Breaking Ring Rust. That is our second podcast. The Geek Nation is the conglomerate of what we do okay and, um so uh, yeah uh wow can, can i ask you a question that you probably get yeah. all the time what yeah. is a jeek great question so a jeek is my word i coined taking jock and geek um which is a very uh, a different commodity uh mm-hmm. i was a star athlete growing up all my life i was you know basketball football uh baseball and i was also a big geek i was you know i'm a third generation trekkie Nice. Uh, you know, I was watching anime. I was, uh, you know, comic books. I was just all into geek stuff, and I didn't have friends who could do both. And wow. eventually, I started meeting some people who were into both. And uh, a friend of mine, David, we were having these geek conversations, and <laughs> I said, "Let's record it." So we started recording it in Love it. 2016, and still going. Very cool. Uh, LJ, are you a sports guy? 
Uh, a little bit. I, I watch a little bit here and there. Not not super hardcore, but but uh, it's been in my family for a while. So. And Scotty, I know you like sports. I do. We won't hold it against you. <laughs> Sorry. And then and then the, the ring uh, breaking ring rust. Breaking ring rust. That well, you noticed the HBK shirt earlier. That's yeah. a pro wrestling podcast that I've been doing with uh, another friend of mine who was also saved as is my other co-host. Nice. Um, and uh, we started that because we met at, at our old job before they closed our call center. And we found out we were both big wrestling fans. And nice. we were like, I was like, hey, I do a podcast for my group. And hey, I would love to do a pro wrestling show with you. And we started doing that. And our highlight of Breaking Ring Rust was uh, last, almost a year ago, we had Nikita Koloff on. Oh, wow. Guest. Nice. Yeah. The Mad Russian. The Mad Russian. Nikita yeah. Koloff. Here I go right here. I'm hitting the subscribe button on Breaking Ring Rust. Brought to you by Jeek <laughs> Nation. That's right. Well, now I can sleep tonight because I've been wanting to know ever since we started talking last week what a geek was. But I, I couldn't wait. But I was like, <laughs> I need to wait. I want to have this. Doc plus geek. It makes perfect sense. I probably should have guessed. Oh. Or I probably should have just subscribed and listened and found out on my own the, the way that Jesus intended it. Um, but this is, uh, this is not the end of our crew. We, uh, we also want to welcome, uh, this is, again, our first time talking face-to-face from the Infinity Bros podcast, the one and the only Max Mosier. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, super grateful. And uh, I'm in a, in a talk with Scott Higa, so I'm going to do my best to behave. I'm going to do my best to be on my best behavior. Yeah. But I can't guarantee anything, Tony. I'm going to do my best, but I can't guarantee anything. Scotty, what's the deal with you two? Uh, well, really, I'm going to date myself. It's, it's really a Sam and Diane, will they, won't they? Yeah, I was going to say, it's you're going to date really yourself. What's, what's it sounds like, it sounds like you like and Max it. are about to start dating. I'm not 100% sure. Sam it's, and Diane, will they, won't they? It's, it's just what it is. For the kids listening, it's Dwight and Jim. That's what it is. And yeah, I'm Jim. Okay. I'm the cool one. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's accurate. I'm not accurate. <laughs> well, Max, can you, Max, can be, please. Can be Jim and Asian Jim? I don't know. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> identity yes. theft is yes, not yes, a yes. joke jim <laughs> yes. yes that's exactly what it is yes oh all right yes well, it's we the are... christmas episode with scott where he says at the end of at the end of the day the best thing about christmas isn't anything at all it's fear uh and so that's exactly how scott feels fear of how much you love me that's what scott's yes. all about he, he doesn't know how much he does not handle that love he has for me. No, and and it's how hard. could he? How could it only, he? I, it's basically I, if if it were second grade and Max were a girl, I would be chasing around the playground. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what to do with all these feelings yep. I have for him. That's Dipping exactly. his pigtails in the ink wells. Exactly. And uh, LJ Geeks Under Grace, we know last uh, last time we all got together, we had your friend Cody yes. uh, on the show. He's also from Geeks Under Grace. You guys do some serious ministry stuff. What have you guys been working on lately? Uh, so, uh, last year we did some outreach, but this year we've kind of like decided to look on the inside and kind of see where we needed work there and Mm. looking at ourselves. And so a big one was restructuring on the board of directors. And, uh, I have the honor of being the president on the board of directors uh, this year. And, uh, right now we've been uh, working on the website. Um, if you guys go to geeksundergrace.com right now, you will see a fresh, nice new website than you nice. did a few weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, it had a lot of issues and it was a lot of outdated uh, stuff. Like uh, the developer of the WordPress theme we we're using was no longer supporting it. But now uh, we've kind of done a soft launch. So there's been little things that have changed like throughout the last couple of weeks. And it's been awesome. We've had webmasters doing that sort of thing. 
And uh, we have a shop that's opening soon with some limited uh, run merchandise, which has been cool. Uh, nice. But but it's really been all about a, a restructuring, uh, a new giving platform as well. And uh, it's it's exciting stuff. Does anybody else get, I, I, and I, I'm, I'm not making fun, please don't hear okay. me. But when, when you guys start talking about board of directors, does anybody else feel like maybe you, your level of organization for your podcast is somehow lacking? Like, Yes. <laughs> I, have, I got me and then some dudes that show up sometimes. And, yep. Well, yeah. I, the, the I would board say... of, the, my board, my, the chairman of my board is Clara, my four-year-old daughter. <laughs> and she is on board with everything that I do as long as I give her cake. That's right. So it's an easy, it's an easy board to control. Well, uh, that's actually, that was LJ's terms too. He's I'm, I'm, I'm the president. As long as you give me cake, that's <laughs> with peanut butter. That's what yeah, he's there you go. That's all he wants. Um, but I mean, really we're more than just a podcast. We have a website and, uh, yeah. which we have some great volunteers that write some great articles and, uh, we hope to grow the organization someday in which we can be a full fledged organization and like start to actually pay our writers and become like the Christian version of like IGN or something. Nice. And so uh, that's really what our main thing is. And we also have the Twitch channel and the podcast and everything else is just extra. So nice. You got to real, I mean, geeks under grace. I used to be in the Facebook group and there's like 11,000 strong. Yes. I mean, and, it's a bit bigger than a lot of other organizations. Yes. And I'll be honest is that's the, one of those things that we had to rework because, uh, you know, we were all learning and it got so big that people, it kind of became the wild west for a while. Wow. And so we started having to put some structure, uh, post approval and things like that. And, uh, really it became better for it. And, uh, we did the same with our discord and there was just a lot of kind of cleanup we had to do. And, uh, we've, we've become better people for it as uh, we've grown over the years. So, well, here's me and Scott and our 12 followers just really sympathizing. Our heart is breaking. Oh, my goodness. We have, I, I lost two last week down to 10. We have 11,000 11, people. What are we going to do? Oh, oh man. Somebody, <laughs> somebody get a president of our organization to say Tony, I'm thinking we need, you a need, chairman you need, ASAP. need a chairman ASAP. You need that same uh, message approval for the, the Nog Squad on Facebook because I can't handle any more memes. I know. Like, I'm sorry. Living my dreams is turned into nightmares. Well, uh, with all your memes i apologize i don't know what you want me to do it's the wild west out here okay it's just a smaller version of the wild west you don't oh, want man. you don't want the wild west we had so just saying no. you're good oh man yeah. Yeah. listen i i swear if it gets out of control i will burn this thing to the ground i have no problem no so, lie we probably considered that wow man. well i'm glad but, that you survived well, lj looks like I'll, I'll try to come come back to the group because uh, I I dipped because like you said it was it was getting wild and oh my god yeah I'll be honest it's it's a it's a much better place to be and and that's the thing is like when you do, when you do stuff like this you know you, you you go into it not really know what you're doing and you just kind of learn as you go <laughs> yeah. now now Max you're you're in ministry are you uh, you're in full time ministry yeah so I uh, so I'm an area director for Young Life okay a nonprofit uh, parachurch organization you could call it. But I kind of call myself just like a professional community member because I just get to do everything in the community. Nice. So I, I've like I'm do, I do stuff with church. I do a lot of things with our school. Um, a work night for me is going to the uh, uh, athletic director's house and having some food and pizza with the coaches. Man, and that gets to count as work because I'm in the community. <laughs> Suffering right? for Jesus. That's yeah, what... I'm really struggling there with the free pizza <laughs> and the free drinks. Right. Pepperoni for so, Jesus. Yeah. Pepperoni <laughs> for Jesus. So like. Uh, I, I coach football at the school I'm at as well. Nice. Um, so I really, I love the, uh, I love what Matt's talking about over there. You know, the Jack and the geek. I love that. The geek, that's sweet, bro. I love that. So yeah, that's, that kind of describes how, how we, I do it out here. Um, 
got a really great team around me um, that just does a great job. Uh, I too have a board of directors with my Young Life Ministry, but not <laughs> with my uh, podcast. I hope to be like LJ one day and be that efficient. Yeah, hang on, uh, real quick, honey. I need a board of directors. Can you? <laughs> Scott needs to get some cake real quick. Make this work for his four-year-old. I need if, cake for the board. If I told you we knew what we were doing, that would be a lie. Because a lot of okay, times we all don't. right. Well, now I feel better. Well, let's <laughs> let's move forward tonight, and hopefully, we can figure out a little bit about what we're doing. I t- I put for a pin in something earlier on. I just want to talk about it because I don't have anybody else to talk to. Nobody listens to me. But we we had somebody uh, come to our church. They run a a liquidation store. Uh, he's a member of our church and. He uh, basically buys trailers from different retailers like Lowe's or Target, or and he never knows what he's what's he going to get. He just he'll pay for the trailer, they bring it in, and then they'll sell whatever they have. If it's furniture, if it's clothing, if it's used, you know, old DVDs or what whatever they have. Well, they bought a trailer from Target, and in that trailer was all. And when I say all, you're hearing me say a lot. What I said was all of Target's Easter candy that didn't sell. And you remember, Easter this year didn't actually happen. Jesus still rose, but nobody went egg hunting, right? Right. Because our lady Rona. So it was, when I (laughs) I say a trailer filled with candy, well, they can't sell this at their store, but we have a food bank at our church. So they brought this trailer with probably 3,000 pounds of Target Easter candy to our church. Well, we can't give all of that out because there's no way we could give it out fast enough for it. You'd have to start a dentistry ministry as well. Yeah, exactly. exactly. If you're bad, let me lay hands on your teeth. That's right. Yeah. Uh, We'll call it brace yourself. We, um, (laughs) the fillings of the Holy Spirit. Tony, what is the dollar amount that you would estimate in this candy? Now, that's a very important question. What number would you say that is? Just, you know, that's a very important question, Max, because if any of us are, aficionados of holiday themed candy you know that there are vastly different tiers of candy so you can get crappy little palmer eggs that are dollar store quality just you can move up the ladder and get some like semi good name brand things we're talking maybe your starbursty sort of deals or your brock's jelly beans and then you can move all the way up the list to your things like your reese's your snickers And then if you really want to go high class, you have your fancy like Godiva and Lint yeah. and all these different things. Mm-hmm. We had the top, we we didn't have any Palmer chocolates. Mm. Everything we had was like Snickers, Starburst, the Lindor truffles. Mm. It was it was premium. Wow. I think the lowest we got was we we got a big thing of like Star Wars Pez dispensers. But other than Those that, are not cheap either. No, they're not. So it was like, well, wow. guys, we got to give as much of this as we can, but we can't store it here. It took our our whole pantry up. So it was kind of like, all right, everybody, come in, grab a bag, and grab what you want. Fill your van. Sounds like Halloween came early. Yeah, so we all have diabetes now, and I need you to pray that. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! I was. So was you're pro- I mean, you're realistically, Tony. You're you're talking five, six thousand dollars at least, right? I, I I would if I had to guess, the actual retail price would be in the five or six thousand dollars. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to do prices right, so let's lowball yeah. it. We don't want to go over. <laughs> and that, loose, I, so. I, honestly, that sounds a bit a lot low. I used to work for Western Express before our lady Rona uh, got me laid off. Uh, a trailer full of candy. And if you're talking brand name like Snickers, right. if they're, and if they're in um, holiday bags or, or you're talking yeah. 
five dollars to to fifteen dollars if it's like a big grab bag. Sure, sure, sure. And if you're talking three thousand pounds worth of that, you're looking more into the twenty thousand dollar range worth of product, wow. not more. The Lord wow. giveth, the Lord taketh away. There you go. <laughs> That's right. That's oh, right. Man. So my my blood is entirely made of nougat right now. I just need you guys <laughs> to understand if I'm a little sluggish, sluggish tonight or if I nod off, that's because I've eaten nothing but Reese's eggs for the past three weeks. But uh, anyway, so let us know what your favorite Easter candy is uh, on the social medias. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a great time tonight. We Again, we're so glad that you're here. We're still looking. We have one more guy that might be dropping into the party. So if he jumps in. Uh, we would love to have him part of the conversation, but if he's not really uh, all about it, then uh, we know where we stand and our friendship is dead. No, that's not true. Uh, so tell us as we start out. <laughs> I'm really glad I showed up tonight. The stakes are really high tonight, I guys. Too. This is do I'm or die. Should... <laughs> no. uh, while we're buying time for him to show up, I'll ask a question that we often ask, and that's, what are you really into, man? Hey, man. What are you really into, huh? <laughs> this is uh, where you guys share a little bit about the things you've been geeking out about lately. What have you been reading? What have you been playing? What have you been watching? And uh, we'll start eeny, meeny, miny, mo. How about Matt Williams? Oh, my Lord. I was saying, please let me go last because, look, I used to be an associate pastor, okay? I'm, I'm a former black preacher. It means I can go on and on <laughs> and on. Let me get Come my fan. Come if he takes, I, if he takes his the, watch off and lays it down on the table in front of him, we know we're in trouble. <laughs> I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Come on, uh, bro. When I, when I really wanted to let the uh, people of my church know that I was going to preach for a long time, I bring a ball of Gatorade to the pole. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Lord. It's getting real up in here. So um, <laughs> what I am into is a very wide range of things, hence the creation of the Jeek platform. Sure. Um, so... Um, I'm a huge basketball is my favorite sport, but I'm a huge basketball fan. I love football. I um, I follow the Manchester United. I'm Detroit everything for United States sports. How do you feel about hockey? I'm from Detroit. That's hockey what I'm saying. So uh, I just want to point out. I'm a huge uh, Red Wings fan. Our our Tampa Bay, our Tampa Bay Lightning just won the Stanley Cup again. Yes. I'm just saying. I used I used to give it a pass because Bill Davidson was the owner. Um, who used to also previously before he passed away on the Detroit Pistons. So there was a kindredness to uh-huh. Tampa Bay as well as Stevie Y working for your organization. Um, but since Stevie Y is no longer there and Mr. Davidson has passed, you are officially the enemy completely again. And honestly, you won a couple Stanley Cups. Okay, big deal. We're an original six team. You know, we are the Red Wings of the Yankees of hockey. You know, I have you no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I respect it, Matt. Well done I know to you're going to keep going, well but I'm going to stop you right there. You keep referring <laughs> it to you. I'm in the same state as them. I've never seen a Tampa Bay Lightning game. I don't care. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Dang. I'm so sorry. You sound like the Tampa opposite Bay of a Rays fan. I'm just, <laughs> that's not me. I'll listen to your podcast, man. I'll like, share, and subscribe, but I don't, I, the sports thing is not, it's not my, my area. That's okay. Hey, you want, I'm an indoor kid. That's what one of my good friends called me the other day and said, hey, you know what? I've been listening to your show. I really love it. I get lost in the parts where uh, you talk about gaming because he's not a gamer. But he said, other okay. than that, I love the show. So, you know, <laughs> we've got a little bit of Something everything. for everybody. Yes. Well, what, have, what, have you been, what have you been geeking out about lately? Like, what have you been watching or reading or, or playing lately? Oh, again, that's a loaded question. Okay, so you mentioned all the podcasts. So what I, I did not mention is I'm working, I'm creating a third not a long running podcast, but I'm creating a new podcast featuring my uncle John who okay. played in the USFL back in the eighties. Uh, he played for the Michigan Panthers, won a championship. So he and two of his teammates agreed to come on and show with me. Nice. And we are going to go through and chronicle the 1983 Michigan Panthers championship season. 
Um, here at We at Jig Nation are also creating right now a Battlestar Galactica rewatch. Okay. Um, so we rewatch season one and we're recording that currently. And um, I'm leaving something out. Uh, I, 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 uh, there's a group called Love Thy Nerd. Don't know if you're familiar with them. Yes. yes. Um, Love Thy Nerd has uh, their own podcast network. I'm a member of the Love Thy Nerd Book Club podcast. We will be recording this Thursday on the latest book we just read. What was um, the latest book? Uh, How to Survive a Science Fictional Universe. Okay. And very good by Charles Yu. Very, very good. And I'm forgetting something. Oh, I just today, I now I almost missed this because. Someone else reached me on Twitter about playing D&D and they were like, let's talk on Tuesday. So I almost got that Zoom meeting at 2 p.m. this afternoon confused with this Zoom at 9 p.m. Um, so I'm going to be I'm glad you didn't. I didn't even bring my dice. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, I canceled my uh, our D&D night to be here. So. <laughs> uh, I told I told the guys I'm like hey I can't play tonight so uh, you are you are a man among <laughs> you are, you are. <laughs> look at that Jay. well LJ Hold then on. tell us tell us what you're geeking out about lately LJ okay um so most recently there I mean I I geek out uh, about a lot uh, but uh, the one thing I'm really into right now is uh, a video game called Hades and it's okay. on Switch and yeah, I've seen that promoted. Yeah, it's on Switch and the Epic Game Store and Steam, and uh, it's from Supergiant Games, and they do a lot of cool indies such as Bastion, uh, Transistor, and Pyre. Yeah. And I have never played a bad game from that company, or you know, just a not good game. Uh, it's is the soundtrack as good as Bastion's soundtrack and Transistor's yes. soundtrack? Yes. Excellent. And so uh, it's a roguelike, but it also has a way of advancing the story as you advance you know, through the, the dungeon of like Tartarus and all these other Greek mytholo mythology themed areas. And so uh, basically you play as the son of Hades, who's trying to escape uh, the underworld and you encounter all these other uh, Greek myth characters. And the way you get upgrades in a run is you get blessings from the Greek gods. So you can get upgrades from like Zeus or, um, Ares and, and different gods and you can kind of equip them to different things that your character can do and so kind of coming up with a great loadout uh, through a run is kind of the idea and so there's other things you can unlock and and upgrade that carry over to the future runs so it's yeah. not like you just totally get wiped clean every time and uh but I love the story. I love the animation. The characters are great. And we know you've been playing that, and that's why we invited you here tonight. This is an intervention for playing games that are idolatrous. <laughs> and, uh, we, we're worried about your sanctification, LJ, so we need to talk tonight. That mixed with D&D, &D, I mean, basically. Yeah, that's hey, the, pretty much. And, and I'm going to be honest. You know, I'm I'm old school black dude. I, generally, we don't play with the devil like that. But <laughs> I was like, you know what? I grew up reading Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, and they had the same witches and warlocks and all that stuff. So, if I'm not if I'm not telling a bad story, what's the difference? Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Scotty, my mom, mom, would, my mom would let me watch Hercules because it had Hades in it. See, just really? my mom didn't want me. I think I was an adult when Hercules. You know, yeah. So I, I wasn't. I wasn't allowed to watch the real Ghostbusters, and I wasn't allowed to watch He Man because my mom thought Castle Grayskull was satanic. Wow. <laughs> see, my mom took me to see. That movie in the theater, that, that's my first movie. <laughs> I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I kind of watched whatever. Like, nobody yeah, filtered same. anything I watched. So, I was like, oh, you know. Yeah. Apparently, when I was born, my first movie I went to, like, four days in was 
is uh, Silence of the Lambs. Wow. So, oh, wow. they started you off. Take that information as you want about me. I don't know. So it explains everything, really. It's a very dark, very dark movie. Wow. All right, Max, since you jumped in there, what uh, what have you been geeking out about? What are you really into, man? Yeah, uh, so a couple of things. I'll go, I'll go across a couple different spectrums here. The Avengers PS4 game that just came out. Yes. I, got, I got a copy of this. I love this game. This game is sweet. This game has been absolutely dynamite. It has exceeded my expectations. I know the beta had some mixed reviews on it. Um, the rest of the Infinity Bros that I do my podcast with were giving up and down reviews. So it kind of was swaying whether I was going to purchase it or not. And I just caved and bought it. I'm a pretty big Marvel geek. Man, am I glad I did that. Nice. Uh, if, I, if I was to use our rating system on our show, I'd give it a six out of six. Wow. I love this game. No it's decimals. Really, no decimals to Scott's here. We'll see, though. There's a, there's a couple more things on my list. Um, <laughs> I love inside uh, jokes. I hope to have one someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Scott doesn't like when we do like a 5.357 repeated on our podcast. So anytime we have Scott on or we know that Scott might listen to it, we make that joke. It's nice and to be in such a position of power in someone's life that they go out of their way to antagonize you, isn't it? Well, it's also nice to have so much real estate in Scott's head. And if you guys ever want to stay, you just let us know. We'd love for you to just give us a call. We'll plug our show if you can those details later. Uh, Batman. Their microphones are like the entrance into his brain, like being John Malkovich. It's, it's, it's it amazing. Is. That's exactly it. Be, being Scott Higa. That's what it is. Being Scott Higa. I've been reading two comics that are both Batman ones and they're both Joker ones, but I've been really pleased. The series Batman Joker War has been coming out every week through DC. Okay. I've really enjoyed this one, man. And uh, there's been some really sweet stuff. Harley Quinn's been a good guy in it. That's been really fun to, to read. Um, is it the best run for Batman? No, it's another, you know, Joker's taking over the city and, you know, he's got to stop him and he's taking away all his stuff. You know, it's, it's classic narrative from Batman. So it's, it's nothing crazy out of this world. But I've really enjoyed the series. A good Batman Joker mess around's good. The one that really has been fascinating was the uh, graphic novel series Batman Killer Smile that just came out. I absolutely love this. And in fact, while I'm talking about this, I'm gonna pull up the, the author and make sure I credit them in this. Nice. This, this one came out of nowhere for me. Um, I, I read all my comics digitally. And so I found this one online. This was from Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrento, and Jordi Belair. And, and this is a great one. It talks about a psychiatrist who's, who's, who's working with Joker and his descent into madness. Okay. And it's haunting, it's crazy. And if you're a Batman Joker fan, that's the one to read out of these two in my opinion. Wow. Um, Joker War is just another one, but Batman Killer Smile, man, this one is dynamite. I loved it. And it has a great part with Batman at the end with a twist that I really enjoyed. Is and it an ongoing like series? Is it a series or is it like a trade paper? So the Joker War has been an ongoing series. I believe right. the newest one just came out and I haven't read it yet um, as of today, but uh, Batman Killer Smile, you can get it all in, in one graphic novel. Okay, cool. Oh, cool. It's like 20 bucks online. It's so good though. Um, nice. I might buy a hard copy of it. I really like it. Just shifting over to Scotty and uh, seeing what you've been all about, man. Uh, well, Max was talking about Avengers, which made me sad because I too purchased it and have yet to play it so oh i liked it as well i have it on xbox and uh, me I, too I, I bought it and it freaking hasn't played it once you know i'm not i'm not trying to this is there's no tooting of my own horn here but scott just had a birthday this week and i got him a, a gift card for the nintendo eShop, and now i'm realizing that that was probably a waste i didn't know we were yet at that <laughs> level in our relationship so coming up november i gotta set some money aside in that old budget to please uh, do <laughs> 
Yeah, please do. Uh, so, it should be more uh, than what he gave him to, Scott. Yeah, yeah so, you don't have to spend anything on me, Scott. You can just send me one of your Captain Marvel hot toys that you didn't have to pay for. <laughs> I'm just uh, saying. Anyway, I love inside jokes. One day I hope to have one with somebody. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I bought the Avengers. I haven't played it yet. I did buy recently. Uh, I bought Ring Fit Adventure. Oh, nice. Because it's been way too hot to go running in the evening at where I live. And so I'm like, I need some amount of extra. So I bought the Ring Fit, and it's kind of fun. You just like squeeze it and like pew, pew stuff. So that was kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, I'm so glad this is a video conversation. I know. All right. I forget that, and then I'm making all these faces <laughs> that people are going to be able to watch later on. Yeah, yeah. So, so Matt, I'm I'm not a sports guy, right? But I, <laughs> but people that are are sports guys always try to tell me like the secrets to this is how you will have to watch sports. If you don't like it, here's your window to the magic. And and we were watching an NBA game, which is basketball for people like me that don't know. And they he was saying, don't watch, don't worry about all the things that are happening. Just pick two guys and focus on them and focus on their interaction back and forth and the story that they're telling and the way that they they press and defend. And uh, he was just trying to get me interested in the in the theater of of the gameplay. Okay. That's what people need to be watching in in this video episode. Be mm -hmm. watching Scott and Max. Yeah. Every time Max talks and Scott just leans back and rolls his eyes. Yep. You Every can't time. see my eyes. Yep. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are. It's just uh, so, so I've also been always, always there, uh, and I've been trying to power through the Clone Wars so that I can be ready for the Mandalorian. And I'm in the middle of season three. I don't think I'm going to make it, but I'm doing my best. I just finished the Clone Wars. I know. Nice. And it, it was really good. It was really good. It, it it made me, as I shared on the Infinity Bros podcast last week, it, it I thought I wouldn't like the Clone Wars because I didn't like the prequels, and it actually worked the opposite way. Liking the Clone Wars makes me want to go back and re-watch and appreciate the prequels in a new way. So definitely worth doing so uh i've also been playing a game called what the golf Ooh, on the switch fun. it's really frustrating and surprisingly fun what so. it's golf. all what's okay. this with all the weird physics right and you just like swing and things bounce around it's it's well it starts out as a golf game and then immediately becomes not a golf game sometimes yeah. it's about hitting a golf ball sometimes it's about flinging your own body towards a pin sometimes <laughs> a level might just be a cheap knockoff of flappy bird you just never know what you're gonna get everything is so random so yeah, what is that call? a free game, Tony, or you have to pay for that? No, I think I paid fifteen dollars for it, which on the surface would seem like it's too much, but now that the sting of the purchase is gone, I, I can casually enjoy playing it. It's a nice okay. fill between bouts of Animal Crossing. Would you recommend it? I would recommend it if you like fun games that will make you smile to yourself. Yeah, there's also a okay. party game aspect to it, but I, I wasn't thrilled with that. But. Okay, I really uh, like unfun games that make me feel bad about myself, so I don't yeah. feel like I'm the target market. So you yeah, might yeah. like Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, right? That's the one that's really evil and hard, right? Yeah, that would yes. be right up my alley. Now, by way of confession, I think I meant to buy Golf Story. Oh. And I, I accidentally bought what the Golf. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. It all worked out in the end. So well, it's just a few bucks and uh, you know, I got a lot of room on my switch memory cards. So let us know about what you are really into lately by hitting us up on whatever social media you want to. Uh, you can find me uh, and let's just share this real quick. Cause normally we wait till the end of the show to do this, but by God, who knows who's going to make it to the end of the show. So uh, you can hit me up at uh, it's me, Tony T on Twitter, LJ, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at WarHeroLJ, which is also my screen name on all of my uh, consoles and devices that I play games on. Scotty, where can people find you? At Scott Higa. Matt. Yeah, I really got to get that whole congruent 
name soon. Um, <laughs> my Twitter name was not available. The one name I have on everything, some jerk has it on Twitter. I'm sure he's a lovely person, and the Lord loves him so much. But the Lord wish, loves him, but we don't have to. Actually, I wish, I wish he would just get convicted in his heart and say, I'm off social media. I'd be like, joint, I got it. So give us your favorite one or give us a couple of them. Where can we find you? I'll just give you two. Uh, Instagram, uh, magic underscore, and on Twitter, at underscore rockin mr magic no g in the rockin so rockin mr magic uh okay. those are the easiest ones to find me on i, I gotta write down where the underscores were on that one so it it's not easy <laughs> until i can actually uh, find you yeah underscore on the back in instagram underscore in the front on twitter gotcha 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 i like max. The underscores but i don't know why <laughs> max where, where you at yeah, you can go to the, the infinitybros.com. We're in the same boat, Matt. Don't feel bad. The, apparently, Infinity Bros is like a super popular thing that people who only want four followers want to use and keep. It happens on every platform. There's like five of them. So we've actually sent things to Twitter to try to get that name, and we still haven't been able to get it. So I won't even try to describe the Twitter or Instagram name. Just go to the infinitybros.com. A link to everything is from there. There you go. Uh, we're going to get into talking about Star Wars in just a minute. Before we do, because, hey, we're all here and just chatting a little bit, and we're all nerdy. Did you guys see the news that Avatar is done filming? Yes. We Avatar 2. On our podcast this week uh, in the news. So, If yeah, it wasn't in my Facebook feed, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> Avatar 2 is completely done filming. Avatar 3 <laughs> is 95% done filming. Uh, the only question I have for you guys is, was anybody asking for Avatar 2 or 3? Well, no, because no one rewatched Avatar one, and no one cared. Well said. No one cared to rewatch. I mean, I'm a hey, Avatar made a ton of money, yeah, but it, it made the most money for a movie that no one ever watched again. Like people watched, and I talked to people about Avatar, and they forget because they saw it once, mm -hmm. and all they remember is they saw some naked blue people, mm -hmm. and reminded <laughs> them of Fern Gully, and it's like the director's cut of the Smurfs. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And no one else remembers anything about the movie. No one rewatches that movie. Yeah. And when you say Avatar, they think of The Last Airbender. They're not thinking about naked blue people. Mm -mm. You're right. I concur. Uh, and it didn't even occur to me that I've never rewatched it. Now, it was a beautiful movie. I enjoyed I saw it 3D IMAX, enjoyed the experience. But yeah, I never watched it again. Yeah, how, do they make, how do they make $2 billion if nobody saw it a second time? Which is highly impressive. Yeah. The that other part got, that we're like missing in all this, too, is like, I'll believe it when I see it. We've been talking about this movie for years. Yes. Like, they've been talking about this movie coming out for so long. I, I don't even know if I buy that they're done filming. I think they're right. just saying it as... It's as like the toy. Kingdom Hearts 3 of movies. Oh, my God. No, no, LJ, no. It's not, it's, not, it's, it's worse <laughs> than that. You're going to get me going, LJ. Calm down. <laughs> worse than that, LJ. This is like, this is like what's going to come out first? Avatar 2? Or will Dr. Dre finally drive detox? Like, oh, right. you're right. You're right. Like, that's just, it, this is never going to happen. Yeah, you're right. I'm chuckling at that reference as if I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like we're waiting for Half-Life 3 or Avatar 2. Yes, yeah. there you go. Half-Life 3 is a good, a good but, reference. But, like, they built, uh, this was my, I was befuddled at this. You know, we live, I live in Orlando, Florida, and they, we have an entire Avatar theme park here. Oh, yeah. at, at Disney's Animal Kingdom. There's, a, uh, there's rides and there's specialized, like, themed food restaurants where you can go eat what they would eat on Pandora because I, I was up all night dreaming, like, oh, I wonder if we'll ever be able to walk down the glowing paved roads of the planet on this movie that I saw once. 
and, and I thought that's a little cart before the horse, isn't it? But they're like, no, we're going to make five more, you guys. And have I'm you like, been there, Tony, have you been to that? that? I have. Okay, yeah. I have, I went there this last January, and it's pretty amazing. But I didn't remember any of it from the show and the no, movie. I mean, excuse no. me. No. Now I will. You, I, it doesn't make any sense to me that they're they're pushing it down our throats because they know they're going to make five movies. Sure. And right? that's the thing. It's like, what are you guys, the God's Not Dead franchise? Like, what are you trying to do to us? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, how many of these are you going to make before you realize we don't care? So, mean, so in reference to hey, God's hey, Not hey, Dead. Come on now. Kevin Sorbo needs another paycheck, yo. <laughs> no, Kevin yeah. Sorbo, no, he, he died doesn't. in the first one. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I used to have made the my feet. <laughs> Wait, come on, Kevin right. Sorbo will not rest until they, re- until they bring back Hercules. One. Right, oh, or, or the Clifford explains it all that she's in both of them, or through all three of them, or she, something. Like I know that. she's in the second one. It's a completely. Did you different die too? I don't know. I didn't. Nobody watched the second one. Okay, <laughs> I didn't see the first one, so. Yeah, I I watched it. We we watched it in the youth group when I was a youth pastor, and it was. I was I was too busy watching Left Behind, uh, the third reedition. Wait, wait, wait! The third one with uh, Nick the, Cage, the, of course. Oh no, that was the reboot. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Nick Cage reboot. Yeah, okay. The third one had um oh my goodness, who was the guy that from Iron Eagle? Uh the the ball guy was the president. Yeah, Lou, Lou Gossett Jr. Lou Gossett Jr. was in the third one. Yes. So yeah, with Kirk Cameron. The Kirk Cameron one were delightful, but the Nicolas Cage one was like any other Nicolas Cage movie. It was nonsensical <laughs> and was, maddening to watch. You mean Jesus Conair? Oh yeah. <laughs> great yes yes that's great that's all i want to say i'm sorry lj i think you were saying something somebody was saying something about god's not dead i was just gonna say that like god's not dead is they're making another one because they know people are gonna be suckers and go watch it so well at the risk of not pandering to our listening audience christians will pretty much buy anything that has jesus's name written on it whether it's good or or not true Um, but with no no disrespect, I really only watched the first one because it had a cameo from the Newsboys in it. Mm. But uh, anyway, uh, Star Wars fans, do we love it? Are, are, are we are we are we in love with Star Wars or are we burnt out? Are we done with Star Wars? Because the because Twitter would would have me believe that you can only be one of of two. Wow, I'll I'll go with LJ since uh, I didn't get my where I fall. I am on the not high. But I'm like between medium and high. So I've seen all the movies. I didn't like all the movies. Mm. I haven't finished Clone Wars yet. I've played most of the video games. I do have a bunch of Star Wars memorabilia behind me. But I'm a third generation Trekkie, so Trek over Star Wars. So I can't claim to be Ooh, the high. That's a hot take. Hot take. It's the only take. Scotty, <laughs> Scotty, Scotty, are you Trek, Trek over Star Wars, Scott Higa? Uh, I don't, I feel like that's a false dichotomy. Um, so you can't no. serve two masters, son. What are you going to do? What master no. do you serve? Who do you want me to say? Jesus. L- Lucas or Roddenberry? <laughs> you have to pick one. Uh, I currently, I bow at the temple of Kevin Feige. If I was being <laughs> honest. Uh, but I, I would always say I, like, I, Shanine, uh, the Hoot and Howl, yesterday asked on Twitter, kind of, what's your earliest nerdy memory? And mine is seeing Return of the Jedi with my cousins when I was almost four years old. So Star Wars uh, got me into this nerdy life. It 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 has been and continues to be my first love. 
but that does not mean there's not space in my heart for a new final frontier or any any other nerdy thing but or, but or i would say star wars star wars is my first love Oh, see, I answered the same question from Shaheen, and mine was my mom controlled the remote. She watched Star Trek, so I had to watch That's Star awesome. Trek. I fell in love with Star Trek. Cool. We actually invited Shaheen to be here and be part of this conversation tonight, but she uh, she had to be somewhere else. So uh, I'm not answering her question just on principle of spite. Because <laughs> she turned question. me down. That's right. I don't it's handle rejection question. very well. No, thank you. Uh, but it's interesting you asked this, Tony, because... From my perspective, obviously, I am the lowest level Star Wars fan on this show, and probably out of all the shows represented on this on this episode tonight. Uh, but I would say that, and we'll get into this: the Disney Star Wars movies were bad. I, I just, I just th- that last one especially was bad, in my opinion. Really? Don't say that, that too loud, because the Raylo. I know, man. <laughs> I know how they are. And uh, <laughs> I got I got buddies on the Infinity Bros podcast that are going to come out of nowhere and be grouchy with me. But I, I really think, especially episode nine, I, I, incredibly disappointing. And I know the things like the Clone Wars um, show, but also the video games have really been doing a great job. That Those video games, I've watched a lot of the streams that my buddies uh, Zane and Isaac from the Infinity Bros were doing. Those games are remarkable and fantastic mm-hmm. from what mm-hmm. I can tell. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's three different kind of genres of Star Wars. Star Wars is never boring, right? It's Star Wars, it'll always be cool. And have a peace and culture. Did you but see I the think, Phantom Menace? Yeah, I've seen. I've, of course, I've seen all the. I've it was seen boring. All the movies. You, Star Wars is not never boring. I would say the Phantom Menace, just from nostalgic purposes in my age, the Phantom Menace is okay as a kid. As I watch it today, it is boring. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what I would that's, say. That's nostalgia talking. Us old heads. <laughs> exactly. Us old heads who that saw the things in the movies. Yeah. 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 When you two went to the theater, your expectation was light sword fights. Uh, strategic military conversations, not Senate conversations. Senate conversations. It's like, what, what, are we watching intergalactic C-SPAN? What the crap happened <laughs> here? Exactly That's what exactly it was. what happened. And if it so, wasn't that, it was the same three with the over-the-shoulder shots of the conversation. Right. I don't... Yeah, don't get me the, started. The win right now, though, would be Mandalorian. By a mile, yes. right? Like, Mandalorian is changing everything to me. It is getting me invested in the details of Star Wars again. I'm excited for the season for season two of Mandalorian, but I'll tell you what, after episode nine, I was like, this is pretty boring. And it actually prevented me from starting Mandalorian. Mm. So, so people told me I got to do this. I love the way the word that you chose just now when you said the details of Star Wars, mm. because as a kid, and I'm 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 born in 77. So I, I, I'm in, I'm an Empire Strikes Back in the theater. And yeah. the details were never something that we bothered ourselves with early on in Star Wars. It was always like, oh, well, Anakin was your father, and then I, you know, he turned to evil. We didn't know the details. We didn't need the details. Correct. We didn't need to know, we just knew that he did. It was kind of like previously on Star Wars, this happened, and now you're caught up. We didn't need to have all of, the, we didn't need midi-chlorians. Pardon the, the low-hanging fruit For there. sure, for <laughs> sure. So I think that what happened is we have uh, this, Here's just this fantastical universe that we're just supposed to jump in and know there's implied backstory. 
that we don't need to have the details. It's okay for Han to shoot first because Han's kind of a scoundrel. That's exactly. why he's at the Mos Eisley Cantina. We don't need to know how, forgive me, I know a lot of people like the Solo movie. I'm not a huge fan of the Solo movie, but we don't need to know that he really kind of was a lovable guy who's secretly acting like he doesn't care about anything because someone stole some vibranium from him. We don't need to know that. It's not not super important to the story. But then the prequels came along, and Lucas was like, "Well, I've I've had a I've had a, a, a twenty five years to think about this, and uh, here's all the things that I I meant to say the first time, but I didn't." But Tony, wouldn't you say though? And, and this is just an observation of the Star Wars culture. Was was that the fans telling um, him to do that, or along the way ha- have have Disney? Have Lucas, have all these creators come in and just decided we're going to give details and background behind this, a la Lost, give a give an answer to the question with another question. Okay, do you ever do you do you watch Food Network? Yes. Okay, I like watching Food Network and kind of watching the passion. I'll take it in the, in the so we can kind of keep it in the story. Are we going Wars. to Flavortown, or are you taking me to Flavortown? Maybe I live in Flavortown. I, I am vice boy, deputy mayor of Flavortown. There you go. I'm, I'm the head of the Parks Department of Flavortown. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, no, I, I, Tony T. <laughs> I, I like when I watch the Food Network and I can see these things, and you're taking me on a journey and you're showing me how some of this stuff works. I don't mind the process. But the details can sometimes be too much. I don't need I to see you going and cutting the wheat and mm-hmm. crushing the wheat and turning it into the flour to bake my bread. Just show me why bread looks good. Mm-hmm. And so so sometimes the details can be just a little bit too much. And I think that what happens is we're confu- we're using the same word for two different things. Mm. So details can be good. And I think that's the way that you're using the words in Mandalorian, where we're seeing the details as in we're zooming in and seeing the texture of the world we're seeing the the causative like hey this happened and because this story happened here is the actual like fallout of what's going on we live in a world now where those imperial officers are now crime lords and this is sort of the texture of what happened as opposed to the details of like oh you like uh you like my car let me explain to you about how internal combustion engines work and you're like no thanks well, and I think that's that's part of the culture, right? Like the demand from Star Wars fans who have had, as you've talked about, decades to ponder some of this, are some of these details. Are our fan theories correct? I think there were Star Wars fans that wanted those answers and then they got them, air quotes, we'll say that loosely, because mm-hmm. I know some people still don't even buy some of the midichlorian stuff. They just flat out ignore it, don't even consider it canon. I think they're culturally fans wanted those answers, didn't like what they got. And it's a parallel, as Scott talked about with the MCU. I I reference that just every time I can on my show because I love it so much. But I would say that with the MCU, they've done that. They've given answers to people in ways that people liked. And for whatever reason, Disney hasn't been able to do that with Star Wars. Specifically, and that's where it was really frustrating with me with the the final trilogy. That's fair, uh, speaking as as an older Star Wars fan. However, it's not all Disney's fault because they didn't dig themselves into the hole. You think you you look at it as Lucas dug the hole, man. Lucas dug the Lucas hole, dug the hole. Okay. they're trying to dig themselves out of it. So when you're talking about um, fans and fan theories, yes, fans had ruminated for decades about right. things about Star Wars. However, what Lucas did was he gave us stuff we didn't ask for. 
mm-hmm. he gave us rehashes of the original trilogy and added extra stuff that no one asked for. For sure, yeah. All he needed to do was re-release the original trilogy in theaters and introduce it to a new generation. A new generation. And, and he I, did do that, but then he but he threw a bunch of crazy CG things and right you know, and, and, all, and all types of extra stuff that wasn't necessary. Right. And so then you started to create a. A, a, a separation between the new fans. Like I started yeah. a new Star Wars fan. When they came out, I asked one of my homies. He was like, "No, nah, I've never seen Star Wars." I'm like, "Bro, we going to the movies? Let's go!" Mm-hmm. Like, mom, mm-hmm. your mom's going to take us to movies. We're going to see. He had never seen it. I grew up on it. Mm-hmm. I start. I created a new fan. Mm-hmm. But for him, his Star Wars experience was different because I was not enjoying it as much because I was like, "Where's my Ewok song?" Do you like Return right. of the Jedi? Then you're going to love this musical number. Yeah, right, right. and then I'm like. Mm-hmm. Where is my song? What well, is think, going on? I, I, where, where, are the, where, where are these details? Right, Why I should to say that too, Matt, because I do think with specifically The Mandalorian, I wonder if this next generation, because I, I, I work with high school kids, right? Mm-hmm. So high school kids talk about The Phantom Menace as if that is the OG trilogy. They do, because wow. that blows my mind. Even I don't consider it that way. That's so crazy. Not at all. Like, oh, but, but, but that's because they're thinking, you know, most of your high school kids don't even consider the original stuff so then the question i would have is do we see the mandalorian kind of taking the helm from here because the mandalorian and and the second and the third trilogy excuse me Mm -hmm. are coming out around that same time frame i would actually say do you think we're going to see people go oh the mandalorian is really the og and then you know all his other trilogy stuff yeah sure that's a story jedis are a thing but it's all about mando it's all about baby yoda and i wonder if that's the direction it's gonna go that's a great question and it could be simply because disney has not corrected the error that george made as far as not keeping the beginning concrete Mm-hmm. One thing about Star Trek versus Star Wars, the beginning of Trek is concrete. Yes. We know where the beginning is. No TOS, we know Kirk, we know Spock, we know where the beginning always is. And mm-hmm. from there, you can draw your patterns down. With Star Wars, because we had the original trilogy, and then we had the prequels, and now we got these new three, and now we got all these other branching off stories. Right. And, and especially since the last three are fan poorly done fan service movies. Yes. No, new fans, old fans do not have a common place to meet and start the conversation about mm-hmm. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's convoluted. So you've got a whole bunch of people who love, I don't understand why, but they love the prequels. Because it's their Star Wars movies. Because they're Star Wars movies, that's what they grew up it's, on. It's theirs, yeah. It's right. theirs, right. So um, it's, and for the sports guys, it's like LeBron versus Michael Jordan. Michael yeah. Jordan is the original from the 70s, and these new kids are looking at the prequels and saying, this is LeBron James, and this is the greatest thing. It's but you, because you're not coming from the same brain. You just suddenly depressed me about the potential for Space Jam 2, and some people thinking, <laughs> oh, man, you're right. that's, that's there, their there Space Jam. Not, there's no need for a Space Jam 2. <laughs> Like why? Uh, I, I was actually interested in that, and then now, yeah, that's a yeah. new perspective that I'm. I don't I'm know. Gonna, I'm, you're gonna have a whole bunch of kids talk about Space Jam, and they're gonna think LeBron James. I'm gonna know I'm how OG Star Wars fans are, are feel yeah. at that point. <laughs> uh, my frustration well, is again, I haven't seen Clone. What you are talking about and referencing here, Matt, as mm-hmm. the middle ground for everybody. Mm. Like, yep. it, like the diehards just rave about this one, right? Like they just say it's that good. this is where it's at. This is, it's made for fans by fans. 
And then me, who does come from a perspective of, I'm fascinated with Star Wars culture because all my friends are into Star Wars. And I think the whole- Nerds. Nerds. <laughs> I think the whole process is, is really just cool. And I, I love the rich history of it. But even I can come in and I've yeah. really appreciated it. I think you, you're, you're onto something here, Matt, that I haven't really processed before. And that's Mandalorian is the middle ground. Yeah. It's not the starting point where all these other things have been. And it's a middle ground for one, because it's one is new. And two, it's not tainted by the convoluted story of the Skywalkers. So I think the problem is that the world is spinning a lot faster now than it was in 1977. Bingo. And you could come out with, uh, nobody could imagine a world where you can come out with a trilogy of movies and then be done uh -oh. for 15 uh -oh. years. You're telling froze. Awesome. Nobody could let me. I'll predict what Tony's gonna say. <laughs> no, no, Nobody boy. could imagine my giant Tony voice. <laughs> Is that what I sound like? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was just standing real still. It was my Drax the Destroyer impression. Can't see me. Nobody can imagine what Tony in 1977. Nobody could imagine making a trilogy of movies and then saying, "And now we're done." And then for 15 years, there's nothing. And that's literally, we had VHS tapes and that was it. You had a couple Timothy Zahn books if you were a super nerd. Those were some good books. And that was it. There was no TV shows outside of holiday specials and like an Ewok anime. I mean, you, you didn't nope. have anything. And then they came back with a special edition and we ate it up because it was Star Wars on the big screen and that's great. And then the prequels came out and they tried to play by the same rules as the original one. And they got away with it. The storytelling was a little wonky. George Lucas started believing his own hype. I mean, it, it happened, For sure. it happened For to Roddenberry sure, yeah. too, whatever. Yeah, Roddenberry lost it at the end, yeah. But the thing is, now you can't do that. You've got to come out with, and they try to, to bring Star Wars into the Marvel motif of, we're going to make all these new movies, and then we'll do a movie, a numbered movie, and then a, a story movie every other year. So it'll be Star Wars Rogue One, Star Wars Solo, Star Wars the Yoda movie, Star Wars whatever. And they realized that didn't work because Star Wars doesn't necessarily fit into the Marvel, DCEU, Avatar, whatever kind of mold of you have to have new content all the time. And people demand new content all the time. They've got to have stuff demand, I don't know if I even agree with that, Tony. I think people demand quality content. Yeah, yeah then explain the Transformers new... franchise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I, I think... Because those movies make a buttload of money and they suck. There's a difference, though, between <laughs> that and Star Wars. Too, the, the difference way. is, I, I would defend Transformers, and here's the difference. Transformers is robot cars turning into fighting robots that fight each other and destroy buildings. That's the premise. Star Wars is space wizards that blow uh, up planets. No, 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 it, no, it is. It's not. The Star Wars has way more details to that. And even with the early ones, uh, you, you nailed it. Lucas was drinking too much of Lucas's Kool-Aid. And that's the problem. And I would argue, since basically episode six, there hasn't been a quality movie made from Star Wars or show, in my opinion, till Mandalorian came along. And well, there's only is, been one. Well, yeah, more. If you have more Clone Wars. Star Wars, the thing like it super, it's, it's super like it's our cultural mythology. That that's why we can continue having this conversation 40 years after its inception. Exactly. That's why all five of us from different mm -hmm. age ranges can be like, no, Max, you're an idiot. Like, because <laughs> we get so fired up because it is, it's our cultural narrative. Yeah. It's, it's our yeah. Greek mythology. It's a thing I'm preaching this weekend. There's a good chance I'll put a Star Wars reference in there because people will get it. 
mm-hmm. it'll make that connection. And and this is why I think Matt, like I thought a lot about this, like why 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 Star Wars is our culture mythology, not Star Trek, even though Star Trek has been around longer, has produced many more hours of content. It's because I think it speaks to that larger cultural narrative that is the the Christ narrative of darkness to light of redemption of rescue where, where yeah. star trek paints this optimistic picture of the future but it's a future humans yeah. create on their own where star wars right. addresses the actual internal conflict within us so it doesn't matter if it's good or bad because it spoke to my generation our generation it spoke to this massive generation that said this is my thing this this is the nerdy thing i'm about this is what my narrative is about this shapes so much of who i am so even if it's a subpar movie like episode one, episode mm-hmm. two, episode nine, I'm still on board because it's it's my language, it's my life, it's my culture. It's like other than Christ and my family, it's the foundation for most of my life because it's my earliest memory is seeing Return of the Jedi in the theater. While so I'm here, while while I'm here pissing Max off, I'm just gonna say episode <laughs> nine was not. You're that not bad. Scott. You're fine. Episode You're fine. episode That's nine was Scott. not a garbage movie. Episode nine was all, what it what it had to be. Had to be for it's what it had to be. There was so, no I think, other so, I think Disney, so I think Disney. So I think Disney. Shut up, Max. It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks, so Scott. Think, I'll take over from here. Uh, so I think Disney's big misstep was just not getting J.J. Abrams. Like they needed a Kevin Feige for the Star Wars universe, yes. and it wasn't Catherine Kennedy. Um, I think she's great, produced stuff, awesome. They just should have had a cohesive vision for all three of those movies. It would have solved a lot of the problems. Mm-hmm. But again, I still love it because, like, I don't like. I, for me, Star Wars isn't like, well, let's rank episodes one through nine. It, it for me, it's just this overarching umbrella of Star Wars. I take the good, I take the bad, and there you have Blair Facts of and Tootie. Mm-hmm. And it because it's, it's girls, just, it, girls. <laughs> it's it's so much a part of who I, I am that care. I can't I can't disassociate all the parts and so for me it's not like well it's the prequel trilogy it's the disney trilogy it's like it's, it's just all one big pot in which i find myself yeah. stewing and i wish I it was so much of my life to it i wish it was as simple as that but you can't really delineate uh, the the three trilogies because they're all part of the same story they're the for skywalker sure. saga and i wish i could i wish i could pick and choose and renumber them and start with episode one through eight and just completely cut out the phantom menace and and maybe ha- maybe a third of the Last Jedi. Um, I I think the Last Jedi was a well done movie, but it just didn't fit with the storyline. And the problem was this: the new trilogy had to fix errors that were made in the prequel trilogy. But, but that that kind of larger overarching kind of let's dig out of our own hole happened again in the middle of the new trilogy. Yeah, when you exactly. had Ryan Johnson make his own like random Star Wars movie, which is beautiful and I love The Last Jedi. It was great, but it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It's like one of yeah. these kids hey, is one doing these? his own thing. It just, it was completely different. And then the last movie had to spend half of its time untangling the mess that Ryan Johnson made. Ryan Johnson should have gotten his own trilogy. He would have made an amazing Bingo. Star Wars Which is why I think the Mandalorian, this is why, this is, you asked the question, so what do you think of Disney's future? I think that they're, they're gonna get it right. We're gonna place creative control in the right hands. They, well, and it the is, they have. His name is Dave John, Filoni and he's John Favreau and Dave Filoni. They said, John Favreau, you create Dave Filoni, you're the spiritual successor to George Lucas that nobody hates. And so you make sure we are telling a Star Wars story and we'll let John Favreau and Taika Waititi and the three other directors, I don't remember their names, I feel bad about it. We'll let each of them tell one of two of these stories and it'll be self-contained. It'll be literally self-contained in that crazy bubble that they filmed the whole thing in. And I think, so I think Disney's really good at making money 
and the, they yes. know the best way to make money is by making quality content. And so oh. they knew they could make money off of the the seven, eight, nine just because. But going to the future with Mandalorian, it had to be good. With all the other trilogies coming up, they'll have to be good. They know it has to be good. If they really want to make money off of merchandise. I want I you to imagine that you go to, you go to a church, or maybe even worse, you work at a church. And if this hits close to home, then you can just deny it. I do but, work at a church. No, well. no. But imagine <laughs> this particular scenario: you're at a church where you have an incredible worship pastor, like you just have a great music program, and you've got just this dynamic and uh, um, amazing student ministry. It's just it's happening. It's the one place every kid in town wants to be. But your senior pastor is a terrible leader and can't preach his way out of a wet paper bag. I think that's the picture of Star Wars. It's like the movies yeah. are stumbling and trying to figure it all out. And meanwhile, you've got like this poor little associate pastor over here and Dave Filoni going, well, what he meant to say was this. And look over <laughs> here. Look at, we have free coffee in the cafe. Step over <laughs> here. And, and you've got like these movies that they they just can't underail themselves. They can't. They're dragging 43 years worth of history behind them. And now hopefully they've released that though. So and, that, and that's what I'm saying. But so they have to use it. I, don't, I just don't but understand how- you can't can't separate it. The Mandalorian doesn't exist without the tr the original trilogy. Right. right. Well, my, my, my concern is I don't understand how they made such a mess to begin with. Because mm -hmm. when you spent the three billion dollars on everything tied to Lucas, you bought all the existing story. So, which was well written by great writers. Sure. All you had to do was put it into a screenplay format and find directors to make it. You didn't need to create new stories. Agreed. You had great stories that are already there. Like, I just don't understand how you could take such great content, disregard it, and, and just be it, like, yeah. here's this instead. I. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think it's just everybody wants to make their mark. Everybody wants to be the smartest guy in the room, and that's the way that they know how to do it. And we all know Max is the only person who can be the smartest person. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate that, and I will pay you later. I, I think also too, this just goes to prove that Kevin Feige does something that nobody else can do and, and that he can connect Marvel so well. Because for them to, I agree with you, Matt, for them to botch Star Wars that way really was was kind of remarkable, honest. It was like, that felt like just yeah, such an easy, slow pitch just to come right down the middle. <laughs> and I agree with you guys, The Last Jedi, I was like, man, episode nine is about to be a killer after that. And for them not to make that connection just, it felt it felt like a huge missed opportunity. It felt like we were kids whose parents just got divorced and they were like fighting over us. It was like, hey, yeah. over here, look, Ray's parents, who are they? That's really interesting. Over here, <laughs> no, Ray's parents aren't anybody. Look at the kid with the broom. Uh, okay, Luke Skywalker, he's super important. No, he's not. He's just a crazy old hobo. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Uh, I hate it when mommy and daddy fight. For sure, yeah. So. And then you're looking Ryan, at Kathleen JJ, Kennedy and stop, Kathleen stop Kennedy's fighting. just like, drink your milk. <laughs> I, I guess I guess for me, uh, as far as like the prequel trilogies, they to me they eventually they were rough, but they hit home and they kind of set out to do what they wanted to do. Like as far as like the final moments of episode three for me. But then like you get into the later trilogy and I really liked the ideas and where they started to go with uh episode seven. Mm -hmm. But then but then it's like you guys were saying with, with Last Jedi and just everything else. Like they, like uh, Tony was just saying, there's so many people trying to tell particular stories and fighting about it almost. And to me, that's where ultimately it derailed for me was after episode seven. Even though, like you guys said, the more I watched The Last Jedi, it's really a good movie. What do you think would have happened back in like 1983 when Return of the Jedi came out if Twitter was a thing? 
I think it would have been judged more than it is. I really, I think it would have been more critiqued yeah. and and called worse than it it is. Yeah. And I think that's part of the the allure of Star Wars, the original ones, is it's passed down from generation to generation. Sure. And it was it was in a generation where we loved it because it's what we had. I mean, what was the alternative was watching the original Battlestar Galactica or Buck Rogers on TV. A Star and Wars you, movie and came you out couldn't and go to theaters. Like you could only go to theaters to see it. You couldn't see it on mm-hmm. TV. You'd have no. to wait to see it. So Correct. you were seeing it multiple times out of like this is all we've got kind of in regards to content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and saw only competition with Star Trek. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, we all we had was Star Trek reruns at that time, and uh, you know, then, well, I'm uh, referring to movies because we had Star the Wrath of Khan by that time. Oh, we you had the motion picture in '79. Yeah, and then, then Wrath you had '82. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and we don't want to talk too too much about the motion picture, but the Wrath of Khan was solid. I mean, it's still one of the best sci-fi movie ever, in my personal opinion. The motion picture or the no, Wrath of Khan? Wrath of Khan. No, <laughs> I was like, and we're going to go ahead and mute that right now. I, I like the motion picture probably more than most people, but I would never, ever, ever, ever say something so blasphemous. No. One of my favorite things, Shatner wrote this, and I can't believe that Shatner wrote it. He wrote a book later on called The Return, which took place after Star Wars Generation or Star Trek Generations. Uh, so yeah. Kirk is dead. Uh, they're on Viridian 3, and the, the, there's a transporter sound in the stone on his grave collapse and he is taken by the Borg and reanimated as sort of the the new person for the Borg collective. They take Kirk and capture him as the Borg. Uh, And and this all takes place in Next Generation Times. Uh, Spock, uh, Bones, and Scotty, who are the only surviving members of the original crew in Next Generation era, hijack an old Constitution-class starship and go to face the Borg to, to basically rescue Kirk. And... So the, 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 which is, you know, whatever, kind of a funny little mission, but the best part and the most brilliant Star Trek moment that I've, I, I just celebrated in my heart is when Spock went on the Borg ship and they wouldn't, they wouldn't mess with him. Like Spock, they, they just wouldn't touch him. And the reason why he tried to mind meld with one and realized he was already part of the Borg collective from wow. when he mind melded with V'ger in Star Trek, the motion picture, when Decker combined with V'ger, they became the first Borg. And my mind was blown that Shatner wrote that. <laughs> I, Shatner, I, Shatner cares about the details. Look I'm just telling you that to me was like a that kind of justified episode or the motion picture right there. Like we just saw the first Borg. We just witnessed the, the birth of a new life form. He Captain. just really hated Decker. He's just like, I'm taking your ship. And I'm making you the first Borg. He I must have you so much. He must have known he was a child molester. Exactly. That was good. Well, what we know now. He deserved it. And what is with Seventh Heaven actors in Star Trek? I'm because, just saying because the woman that played his wife in Seventh Heaven was in Star, Star Trek. She was in Star Trek Four. Yeah, there's a direct connection. It's all one shared universe. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Seventh Heaven. And, and Star the Candon's great, great, great grandson is I totally blanked on his name. Zephyr Cochran. Zephyr so Cochran. That's, that's how it is. That's that's the direct line. Captain, there'd be whales aboard. Yeah, you know, we got it. The crossover uh, you didn't know you wanted. That's I, exactly right. I'm still waiting for the uh, the party of five uh, Farscape. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Those are some deep cuts. <laughs> that's right. A girl can dream. Uh, <laughs> Farscape. <laughs> Why couldn't I get a, a Star Trek and like Simon and Simon crossover instead? <laughs> somebody, somebody said I, I don't remember who it was. Was it uh, was it Patrick Stewart? Somebody said they would love to see a Star Trek Star Wars crossover on Twitter this week, and uh, it was like, yeah, that's never gonna happen. 
There was a commercial of Patrick Stewart and uh, Mark Hamill like fighting each other with lightsabers. I didn't watch it because I didn't click on the link. Yeah, and I, I only <laughs> want to see the only crossover I want to see is Patrick Stewart and uh, Ian McKellen. That's the only one I accept. Um, we we got a lot to, uh, we've talked about, and with all of our talking tonight, we were just about out of time. So I'm going to wind this thing down. Um, what is what is your favorite Star Wars video game? Uh, I know Matt, you said you played played Star Wars games. Favorite Star Wars video game? Matt or Max? Oh, Matt or Max? You know what? Fight over it. Oh, I didn't know which one you said. That's yeah, no, sir. We we've only got one opening. We're having tryouts. <laughs> you go first, Matt. Matt Williams. Can Matt hear us? Uh, say that again. Um, favorite my, Star Wars my game. Internet delay for. That's all right. You know, favorite Star Wars game. We're gonna, oh, I'm just going to assume it's all the people that are tweeting about the presidential debate that just happened, ruining <laughs> everyone. Not weird. happy. <laughs> Matt Williams, what's your favorite Star Wars movie or excuse me, video game? Um, it's probably going to be the a collector one, but it's Knights of the Old Republic. It's mm. by far oh, my favorite. Tor. Is that the mm. safe answer? It's probably the safe answer, but it's, I mean, it's my genuine, like, I play that game at least once a year. Okay. Um, I, I own it on the original Xbox. I own it on my MacBook. Like, I I think I have it on iOS as well. Like, I love Night Steel Republic. Nice. All right. It's a perfectly cromulent answer. Uh, Max. Oh, it's Star Wars Battlefront on the old Xbox. So, like, I would go to people's houses and play this game all the time. Mm-hmm. Just an absolute blast. You could kill as many of those stormtroopers as you wanted. It was just an absolute treat. You didn't so Max, Max has told us he's really smart and he had friends in high school. So that's got me beat already, man. Jeez, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I have not said I'm really smart. I've just said I'm really right. There's a big difference. <sighs> I feel like we are watching the presidential debate right now. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wins. The wrath of Scott. Scott! <laughs> Scotty, what's your uh, what's your favorite Star Wars video game? Oh yeah, you don't play video games. No, I. But from what I did, uh, my favorite all time Star Wars video game is Tie Fighter. Okay. Ooh, oh yeah. Very yeah, old yeah. PC flight simulator. It is such a great game. Okay. That actually sounds awesome. What do you think, LJ? Favorite Star Wars game? Uh, it, it's been going around in my mind ever since we started this conversation. But I would have to say it's Battlefront 1 and 2. I played a lot offline, especially with a buddy of mine, and eventually played online. Um, so fun fact, actually, that's loosely where my screen name and Twitter handle comes from is because there was a, like a rank or like a emblem or something you can get at the end of a match, and it was called, like, it was called War Hero because it was a thing to where you'd nearly be dead. Your whole team would nearly be defeated. But if you capture a base and save the team and go for the victory, you get like a war hero, like title or whatever. And so I just thought that sounded cool. And back in the day when we were all figuring out our goofy screen names, um, <laughs> I, I decided it was going to be war hero. And I eventually kept it because PlayStation didn't let you change your name for a long time. So as I got more involved in social media, I was like, well, I can't really change it anywhere and I don't want to confuse people. So I just ran with it. Yeah, it could have been way worse. I'm just telling you. I just been. recently awesome upgraded my Xbox gamer tag from Scooter 2000, which was my first AOL I was trying not to laugh at you, man. I hey, was man, Scooter I was, 2000. 
back in 1998 when I came with my email address. That's the future is now, baby. It was. Pass me a can of Surge. We're going in nuts the year here. 2000. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I recently upgraded it to just Skype. I signed up for PlayStation Network without knowing what PlayStation Network was. I was oh. trying to download a game for my PSP, and I yeah. didn't know that was going to be a thing that we would live or die by. So right. I just put in my uh, my email address, which was S Talavera. That's my 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 legal first initial and okay. my last name. And I didn't care. I just wanted to buy Crash Bandicoot for five dollars for my PSP. Right. Uh, and then when I got my PlayStation Three. I'm like, oh, sign up for PlayStation Network. I put in my email address and it was like, oh, you already have an account. You are S. Talavera. And I didn't want to change it because I had a $5 Crash Bandicoot purchase that right. I didn't want to avoid. So I kept that stupid, awful name for years and years and years until they finally let me change it. Now I'm the T-O-N-Y-T, which I don't know that that's any better, but at least it wasn't S. Talavera. Which, yeah. Which creative. is my wife's initials. And I think people used to think that I was my wife playing games. <laughs> Well, it was probably an excuse for why you were dying then. Like, oh, no, that wasn't me. That's My just, wife was playing. Yeah, that wasn't me. I was, I'm, no, it's because I'm really bad at online competitive games. That's why I got rid of my Xbox 360. I was getting tired of beating, being beaten by little girls on Halo. Uh, <laughs> my favorite Star Wars game, I used to love, and I know it's a terrible game now, but again, back in the day, pre-prequels, this is what we had. I used to play Star Wars Masters of the Terrace Kasi on my PlayStation 1, mm. which was a Star Wars fighting game. If you it's like that, Star Wars Tekken. It's awful. It wishes it was Star Wars Tekken. It's more yeah, like Star true. Wars uh, Battle Arena Toshinden. It was oh, wow. that, that's a deep it was so janky. And and they had a, a bunch wow. of characters on there that I don't even know that they exist in the Star Wars universe anymore. But they had characters on there like Jodo Cast, uh, characters on there like Mara Jade. I mean, cool. You know, Mara Jade, Jade is a book character, I believe. Yeah, a Jodo Cast is too. Yeah. And um, anyway, Jodo Cast was just a color swap, swap Boba Fett. But uh, oh. but my favorite Star Wars game I love for the GameCube was Rogue Leader. I love yes. flying in the Star Wars universe. It was just great. The minute great they got me on Hoth, I was just so happy. So, I don't uh, know how many times I played Take Down the Walkers on Hoth in a Star don't Wars care. game, oh, but yeah. it's not enough. It's yeah. not enough. I could play it in every single Star Wars game like, <laughs> this is awesome! Every day. So I have a question for you guys. Are you guys excited for the upcoming Star Wars Squadrons? Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I'm actually going to be doing the review for that on Geeks Under Grace, so I'm purchasing it Friday to review that, so that's nice. going to be exciting. The, the, my, this is this is the thing about Star Wars Squadrons. I'll, I'll take this into a moral, ethical situation. Uh -huh. The Star Wars used to be, and I'm going back to my old man, you know, in a, simple, in a more uh, sophisticated time. Uh, right. Star Wars used to be good guys, bad guys. You yeah. have the Jedi, and we didn't even have the word Sith back then. You, you had to be a real nerd to know that was. But you had the dark side. You know, you had good guys and bad guys. You had you, you, the Obi Wan and Luke over here. You have Vader and the Emperor. Uh, we didn't know what a Palpatine was back then either. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of things you kids take for granted these days. Now <laughs> kids are like, his name's Sheev Palpatine. It's like, shut up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> we, it was it. just, it was simple good guys, bad guys. It was, yeah. it was a morality thing. Uh, along the way, we have really muddied those waters a little bit. And you see yeah. this happen for the first time kind of in the prequels, but it really fleshes out a lot in the Clone Wars where you have this ambiguity of, are the Jedi really, really good, good, good guys? It's or, a gray area. It's a gray area. And then you have a lot of bad guys that become super sympathetic bad guys. And it wasn't Darth the Maul. redemption of Darth Vader, but yeah, there's times that I'm going, you know what? I kind of get where Darth Maul's coming from. Seriously. You know what? Asajj Ventress, 
I kind of understand a little bit what her what her deal is. Even Count Dooku, the worst named character in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Dooku. We used to nickname him Count Dookie on Battlefront. Well, uh, yeah, obviously. I mean, what else would you name him? <laughs> yeah. uh, you you kind of get an idea of uh, there's these sympathetic vibes of, of I, I kind of understand where these characters are coming from. And now mm-hmm. when you get into the, the current, uh, the, the the first order, uh, you, don't, you never see why the Emperor is doing the right thing. The Emperor is just evil for evil's sake and shooting lightning out of his hands. But when it comes to the first order, you're kind of going... I sort of get it. The the rebels really leave a lot of mess in their wake, and all these guys want to do is just you know put it right and make it make sense. And <laughs> and you see Rogue One, and they don't even bother trying to glorify <laughs> the resistance or the rebellion. I mean, they're just like, hey, these guys are all kind of just you know they do whatever they need to do. Mm-hmm. And now when we look at the, this new Star Wars game that's coming out, as you just mentioned, LJ, we have definitely have a sympathetic vibe. If you watch the trailer for that, I am rooting for the dude in the TIE fighter. Yeah. Do we see now that Star Wars is a reflection of the time in the fact that there are no more good guys and bad guys in Star Wars, that we are really kind of being branded to sympathize with characters on on either side or disdain good guys and bad guys? It sounds like you got a daily Devo in the making there. Yeah, and is that a reflection of our culture? Yeah, totally. Scott, what do you think about that? with the anti-hero. The anti-hero was the cool thing. Scott, what do you think about that, given your, like, like your thoughts earlier on what you said with like you love this redemptive Christ-like arc with Star Wars I think everybody in this chat likes that about it but sure. you brought it up but he's a little you. lukewarm on he's like ah you know yeah, I know I like my Christ figures out a breathing apparatus was that a pun <laughs> did you w- w- lukewarm is that like a yeah <laughs> uh, I, I think that I, I think we do live in a more clearly a more relativistic time of Right. You know, there's no absolute. Everyone says I'm going to speak my truth, which it's is more moron. It's like I don't have my truth. Truth is an objective reality. Right. So, so I think it is a reflection of of the times in which we live. But also, the first order lost. You know, I think ultimately we still like, even though we have this relativistic nature, this relativist that running through all of society. Deep down, we still want good to win we still want still the first there. order to be defeated we still want gandalf to show up at helm's deep and defeat the urukai for we sure. still long our souls still sing for that i think there's more layers on top of it which those of us in ministry have to be trained and equipped to kind of peel back those layers to reflect the actual truth the actual reality of the universe to say like you know why your soul sings when the resistance shows up on takadana it's because your heart is crying out for rescue mm. so there's a lot more layers on that that we have to mm. unpack as cultural yeah. kind of archaeologists, cultural spelunkers, as it were. But I think the, the core is still the same. There's just more layers that we have to unpack in this relativistic uh, yeah. season in which we find ourselves. Because one day Jesus is coming back in our own personal battle of Exegol, and he'll have space horses too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I snap it. <laughs> I want to see Jesus riding a horse. Up. Like, here he comes, glorious and white. Riding on a star destroyer. That's how that's how Scott envisions his Jesus uh, when sitting on the table at. at, uh, <laughs> at, at how dare you? There is. Oh man! His Jesus, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's is it's not necessarily a simple story of good guys and bad guys anymore. Even you, you say the first order still loses, but 
who is the first order? I mean, it's Kylo Ren. We want to see, I, I would take it even a step further. We we want, we're still split. People get mad. Should Kylo Ren have turned good? Should he have not turned good? Should he have kissed Rey? Uh, I think we can all agree that him kissing Rey was weird. That him, him kissing Rey was weird, but I feel like his redemption arc is the best part of that entire trilogy. I, I think, so, but we wanted it so bad. Yes, that's and that, true. To Scott's point, that's the thing is we have a, a genetic, like it's it's a hardwired expectation for redemption, a desire for redemption. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Yeah, and it it's straight exactly what God puts in us. I, I'm, I'm just mad that they dissed my boy Finn. That's all I got. To say. Yeah, yeah, for real. Finn didn't even get to finish a sentence in that movie. I want to tell you something. What do you want to tell? Does not now, not for now, Finn. Yeah, Finn was disrespected. I agreed completely. Yeah. And that was the problem, I think, with the last movie, which I didn't hate, but you had a movie to make up for two movies. It's like it was almost the, the... the narrative version of when you're writing on a piece of paper, but you didn't judge how long the line was, and you got to kind of cram the last couple letters in there with a little hook on it. You you had to undo so much from eight mm-hmm. that nine just didn't have time, and then you Sleeping had to make sure that you got Leia in it, and that her lines made sense. And nobody's going to be mad that they didn't because we know what they had to work with, and we respect that. Uh, and then, you know, I don't know that you needed to spend so much time on fake killing Chewbacca, but you know, here we all are. <laughs> Uh, last last question. Um, what's what's your favorite Star Wars toy? Everybody here had Star Wars toys growing okay, up. I can I go first on this one? Matt, I wish you would, Matthew. All right, hold on. <laughs> oh, he's going he's to pulling, get it. Yeah. No, 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 there it is. Yep, he's going to get it. Wow. Okay. Oh, nice. Let me tell you, I bought that for my son for Christmas. I don't. You can't hear me. You, you got your headphones on. I can hear you. Oh, I, I bought that for my son for Christmas when it first came out. That is the baddest Star Wars toy ever made. That's awesome. My parents got me this for Christmas. I, I think it was 23 years old. <laughs> I was in my early 20s, but I was like, you know what? I want this R2-D2. Yeah. Sharper Image has it. In Sharper Image, you know, they charge everything like an extra $200. Uh, so I definitely couldn't afford it. And they got it to me for Christmas. I've had it since. So I've had them for at least 15-something years. Voice activated. Yes, voice activated. You can talk to him and program him. You can he'll he'll like yeah. he's like he'll, a Roomba. Yeah, he 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 voice commands. Um, he plays games. Mm-hmm. He sings and uh, he'll play the cantina music and dance. Mm-hmm. Um, I can even have him bring me a pop. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, the I, little arms, the armatures come out on him like real deal. That's cool. It can open up a little compartment here where his arm is. And there were so many things they didn't tell you about that that you could discover uh, by asking him questions. He would react different ways. You'd say, hey, yep. Art, you remember Luke Skywalker? And he'd get all happy. Yep. And you say, say Darth Vader, he'll scream. He'd, go, ah! he'd back up. Yep. Yep. Really cool toy. Super, super. You say Jar Jar Binks and he short circuits and explodes. That's what it is. Yeah. He just <laughs> he just points at you and laughs and turns his back and walks away. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. I, I, I salute. That's a great answer. Great answer. Max, Max, what's your favorite Star Wars toy? So a couple of years ago, we got to go to um, not Galaxy's Edge that just got made because I know you can do the whole um, lightsaber thing, but I got to build a lightsaber out there. Nice. And so I, I would put that as my toy, but I haven't been yet, but on my bucket list is to go get that lightsaber at Galaxy's it's Edge. It's workshop, oh, yeah. I, I got to do it. I, I, I don't care what the, the dollar amount is. That's the one reason it. I want to go as well. It's, it's 200 <laughs> It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. The experience is worth it. It looks fantastic. And they the stories have, I've heard are amazing. 
they have replica lightsabers there. So basically any That's lightsaber ridiculous. that you want to get, you can yeah. you can get. And you buy the hilt and then you buy the blade separately. So the blade is interchangeable. Wow. So if you only want to buy one blade, you and it will light up whatever color is appropriate for the hilt. I love it. And I love it. You can get everything from you can get Ahsoka's blades, you can get Darth Maul, you can get Kylo Ren, you can get basically whatever blades you want to, even the Temple Guardian, the the, the golden blades. Like That's you can, amazing. It, they are amazing. But down in Savvy's workshop, you get to pick out your kyber crystal and yeah and i and just think that whole experience is really brilliant it's brilliant and, and it's like you're you're charging me 190 dollars more than i should you're be charged, paying but for I don't the experience care. and the product not just the bingo product. Yeah. yeah that's so, what we're I'll, I'll name drop a little bit last time i was at galaxy's edge i ran into an old friend of mine his name is joey fatone he was part of nsync and uh, he is, we went to high school together. So we've That's been friends awesome. for a long time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, bye, bye, bye. And he was down there and we were talking about Star Wars because he's a huge, I mean, giant Star Wars fan. I mean, he's got a okay. lightsaber tattooed on his finger. He, uh, one of the first things he did when he, you know, made a lot of money was have like life-size prop replicas of Star Wars things made for himself. And uh, yeah, he was there buying all the lightsabers. So he's like, yeah, I'm on five. We're just, you know, we just get one every time we come out here. And, wow, uh, it, and I'm just going. Gosh, I'm so I hate you so much, but I just <laughs> I want that life right now. I just want all the lightsabers. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, you missed your opportunity had... to be in a boy band, Tony. I'm sorry to break this. Thing. I never, never had the opportunity to be in a boy band. My not even Menudo. My talent, not even, not even like post Ricky Martin Menudo. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, but uh, it, but it, to me, I, I see those things and I'm like, I'm so envious because I can't drop 200 bucks a pop for for those lightsabers. But God, I wish I could. The lightsaber's cool, but I'll tell you what, Matt. Matt might be. I did not know that R2D2 toy existed till just now, and yeah, now same. I'm starting. I'm starting to lean on Matt. Matt's toy might be the victor here. So that, my answer was going to be a lightsaber, but I, I will tip my hat to Matt and say his is the best so far. And now that that toy is is probably like 13 or 14 years old. So good luck finding it. Brilliant. That's even better. Yeah, that's it's tough to find. Yes. Uh, uh, LJ, what do you, what do you, what's your favorite Star Wars toy? Uh, I tried to think there was, I mean, I've had so many over the years. Uh, I, lightsabers were, was going to be one of them, but because I, I have so much, so many memories of playing with my brother and my cousin. Uh, but the ones I think I find the most fascinating is, um, so I got these action figures. It was around the time episode two came out. I think it was even before like uh, the Clone Wars animated show came out, the one that uh, Gindy Tartakovsky worked on. And uh, so it was action figures of Asajj Ventress and uh, I forget the name of the character in that one, but he was like this regenerative like Mandalorian character. I think his name was like Dirge or something. And so they were actual, like, I didn't know who these characters were. And so I was like, oh, these are interesting. And so they didn't look like the cartoon versions of them. They were like, as if they looked at like an actor or a character model and like made them in the style of like an actual Star Wars movie. Okay. And so later I found out, oh, those characters are in the show. And so uh, later I found out uh, through the Netflix documentary, The Toys That Made Us, that, you know, that company that makes the action figures, they just literally churn out you know the the most randomest characters so i found those interesting because it's like they never they probably didn't even plan to put them in the movies they always had planned them for that clone wars thing but i just found that out interesting because you know there was these characters that i never knew about and then later i found out they actually got used in something so uh i don't know it was just fascinating to me like they were probably the most random star wars toys i ever bought but it was neat to actually see those characters in you know uh, something that they created nice yeah that's very mm -hmm. cool yeah. Scotty, what do you think, man? Close this out. 
Uh, I would love to have a different answer than uh, my dear friend Max, but freaking lightsabers. Like they're yeah. like, and that's the, like anything like, uh -huh. oh, I've got a broomstick. <laughs> Heck that, I got a, I got a lightsaber. Yeah. Oh, I've got a mop. I, oh, I've got a cardboard tube that uh, had wrapping paper on it. I've got a lightsaber. I mean, anything could be a lightsaber, but when, I mean, when I was, cause they didn't like, they started coming out with them in, uh, 1999 when episode one came out and I was in yeah. high school and you could like you could buy Darth Maul's lightsaber mm -hmm. and it was the crappy ones that extended and they broke all the time but it didn't matter it didn't because matter. you had like the whole time I was, I was a child it was a cardboard too was lightsaber right. now like I have like an actual lightsaber and then they have like the really like my cousin my, my brother-in-law has I think Luke's legitimate kind of like where the it's the glass tube and it lights up. And yeah. More the, the, the force but, effects ones or whatever. Yeah. There's nothing cooler than a lightsaber. Yeah. I mean, right. if I, I could ride a hoverboard while swinging around a lightsaber, my <laughs> life would be. Yeah. If you put the power glove on while you were doing that, we would all have to cancel our shows and come work for you. For real. <laughs> there is the one true king has arrived. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo should redo the power glove, but just make it look like the Infinity Gauntlet. They they should. I don't know why they haven't thought about that yet. Because the power glove is trash, and it will always I, I was going to say, I trash. think I heard this discussion somewhere, and it was on Infinity Bros. It was. Max didn't want to <laughs> show like, up, so he might. I was like, that sounds familiar. I wasn't familiar. there. I wasn't there. I didn't want to be there. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I, I always loved, to me, the, my favorite Star Wars toy, and it's not the, it's not complicated, it's not crazy, but I loved it as a kid. It captured my imagination, and to me, it's still my favorite today. I love the AT-AT. I just think it's a mm. really cool mm. toy. It, it's just, it looks cool, it feels cool. Yeah. It, it's just a, a great thing to have. It's, it's big, it towers over your action figures, and I'm looking at mine right now. It's still <laughs> the, the center of my Star Wars collection. So, uh, cool. We have a, a lot more that we were going to talk about tonight, but my goodness, we've been chatting here for about 17 hours. So uh, it's got to even be bedtime out there in the West where Scotty is. And, uh, we, I, it's been close, but that's because I'm old. It's, well, you are. Uh, you're old. It's, not, <laughs> it's not, the, uh, not the age. It's the mileage, my friend. So, uh, real quick, uh, we, 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 answer, we end our shows. I like to ask five questions of our guests. Um, since we have five guests, I'll just ask each of you a question, if that's okay. Um, and here we go. We'll start with uh, Scott Higa. Scotty, if they were making a musical about your life, who would you want to write the songs? I was kind of hoping you wouldn't ask me this question because I feel it's the most embarrassing answer that I have. Uh, but I would like Kylie Minogue to write the music to my... <laughs> That's not, that's not a bad. Now, now I'm glad I asked you because I just, I thought you were going to say Celine Dion for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, Celine's great, but Kylie's got more like, you can dance to Kylie's. She's music. got more flash, more pop to her. Yeah. Anybody else want to throw their answer in on this one? All right. Good deal. I put, I put yeah. Jamie, I put Jamie Foxx just because I know it would be, it would be a banger. And I know that uh, he can do anything. He, he literally can do anything. Except for play a Spider-Man villain. So that's not his fault. I'd have to say Stevie Wonder on that for me. Stevie Wonder? Okay. I don't see I it. I not see that coming. I don't see it. Ah! Dang. <laughs> uh, LJ, while, while we're here. No. Um, I didn't really have a good answer for it. Uh, okay, then we'll skip you. All right, so what's something... <laughs> waste our time on it if it's not good. Uh, what's something nerdy that you wish more people appreciated, LJ? Uh... Gametography, uh, like like uh, Lem, uh, I uh, I actually found that community through uh, 
through uh, the podcast that you had him on uh, not too yeah. long ago and uh, his game Targetfers community. And it's something I've just done for fun, like over the years. And it, it pleases me to know that there's a community around that and that like I found one to be a part of. And so most people are like, are actually like legitimately like, dude, how do you do this? But then there's the people who are like, oh yeah, that's cool. But it's just like, there's actually like a lot that goes into it. And so it's like, I think it's neat that people were able to create an art form out of what I would consider an art form. And I've seen some of the stuff that, that you guys do, and it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. it take, that just doesn't happen. It doesn't just like, it's not about pushing the pause button at the right time. Uh, it really is about finding those moments and, and capturing some, some great content. Uh, Lem was supposed to be here with us tonight. He had some family stuff that came up and he couldn't be with us, but uh, Lem is awesome. Uh, if you guys yeah. follow him at Bad Gamer Elite, uh, on Twitter, he's got some great posts that you guys will want to check out. He also hosts um, hosts a podcast called God Game and God Games and Geekery, mm-hmm. and uh, we we definitely recommend you check out his devos. He is uh, worth the follow. Yeah, yeah. So we we love him. Sorry that he couldn't be here tonight. Okay, we'll save him for next time. Um, what do you think? Uh, what, if you could give one movie uh, a do over, uh, let it be remade but good this time, what would it be? Matt Williams. Wow, that's a lot to pick. I'm going to pick a very obscure movie. Um, Leonard Part 6. Oh, my gosh. Would you bring back Bill Cosby to be in it? Well, he's like 90, so um, in, in jail. So, so yes. So, yes. I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to go very well. But, uh, I thought your first reservation was his age, not his current incarceration. <laughs> Well, I mean, hey, people come in jail and come out. Hey, Robert Downey Jr. is famous again, so who knows? Heard that. Martha Stewart. I mean, Martha you know. Martha Stewart. Yeah. You know, I mean, Martha's got jail time and her co-host Snoop don't, so who knows? <laughs> so most people probably don't know the brilliant comedy of Leonard Part Six, the the springboard from which we got Ghost Dad. Um, yeah, <laughs> Leonard Part Six was a like a spy movie, like a secret yeah, agent. A parody, a spy parody where Bill Cosby plays um, Leonard, and he has a, a tank car um, that's camo with an actual turret on on the car. Um, yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a. Funny, but still a bad movie. It's a bad movie. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, there's a, a dinner scene where he gets salad dumped on his head. Um, yeah, it's it's off, but there's some comedic parts to it. But it would be funny if they had uh, a, a straight man with some comedic talent play it. Who would you cast? Honestly, I would cast Idris Elba. Love it. Wow. Love it. And, and I would cast him one because he doesn't want to play Bond and it will be fun to have That's him have a little perfect. fun in that yeah. movie while not being Bond. That's perfect. Would you just call it Leonard Part 7? Yes. Yeah, I probably would. Because there was never a one through five. There was never a one through five. Yeah. That was oh, the joke. And people yeah. didn't get it. There was Leonard Part 6 was just, that was it. It was That was it. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like uh, it was sort of the opposite of Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins, and that was also the end of The Adventure of Remo Williams. Remo Williams. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, and uh, I guess we will go ahead and say, Max, um, what is your one desert island video game? So, uh, I'd probably Kingdom say Hearts, Super- Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom you- Hearts. Okay, first of all, if you listen to my podcast, Kingdom Hearts is a popular answer. That was my answer for question number two on what people should appreciate more with Geekery. 
Um, in yeah, regards I, to- I would love to appreciate it more. I'm going to need you to give me like explanation on what the story is for Kingdom okay. Hearts. Okay, so Kingdom Hearts, yeah. We're <laughs> not here, more. not now. I was going to say, you're going to need another two-hour podcast for us to yeah. get to that. I, so I was just told Final Fantasy and, and Disney had a baby, and then- Yeah, we'll need about 3.8 more parts to get that done after that. 3.8 um, over 625. If only somebody thousand. could drop my dreams some measure of distance. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's- <laughs> I really do value yeah. Kingdom Hearts, but I do see the deficiencies. I want other people to know that. I just, I'm not I want to cave. value it. LJ, <laughs> I, I want you to value it with me. I, I, I value it with you, Max. I'm a Let's big Let's go, Kingdom Max. Let's go. No, I, I was either going to say the two, I was kind of up in the air because I was thinking of a game I have to only one game to play forever. So my friends know I love to play Rocket League. I play that religiously, but I'd also I also love Super Smash Brothers Melee. Okay. Uh, those are two games that I feel like I can get a lot of repetitions in. Uh, I don't want to choose a story game if I'm going on an island, to be honest, because I, I don't want to be done with it after that. Right. I'd like it to continue going if I need to use it, if I need to use and play it for a while, I would like to get as many repetitions. That's why my answer would have been Marvel versus Capcom 2, because of the versatility in all the combinations of teams and stuff. Love you could it. pick a story game. If you picked a Kojima game, like a, let's say Metal Gear 5, you would be rescued by the time the first cutscene was over. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. That's true. Now, if I got the whole Kingdom Hearts tri- uh, like series, yeah, that that that's a different. They sell that but in a package now. Yeah. That's true. Does it count as one game? I think that's up to Tony I'll, to say. I'll, but I'll allow it. Then it's Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> but for the sake of the bit, I'll go Super Smash Bros. Okay, not bad, not bad, not bad. Uh, well, th- this is the last question, and I'll present this to everybody. Can I get a scripture of encouragement? Let's let's leave here giving people a little spring in their step, uh, a little song in their spirit. Uh, let's let's get something from the Word of God for them, and uh, we'll start with LJ. Uh, mine is what I would call my life scripture, and it's First uh, Peter five eight through nine. Uh, be alert and so mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. But resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know there are others out there who are going through the same kind of sufferings. And that's kind of what there's what keeps me saved all the time. Yeah, is knowing there's others out there. We are, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And everything the light touches is our kingdom. That's the wrong yep. lion. Wrong lion. Wrong lion. <laughs> Max. Uh, uplifting to me, but maybe not so much as much as other people, but hopefully it gives you encouragement from Paul. Colossians 4, 3 through 6. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message. So that we, we may bleh, so that we may proclaim the mystery, mystery of Christ, which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer it's Amen. awesome. Good verse, man. Good word. Scotty Higa, you read your Bible? Yo. Uh, once in a while. Only when I'm preparing for a devotional like I am tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and so this comes from that. It's uh, <laughs> Matt. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Mark. I don't know. I put Matthew. I think I meant Mark. I don't know. Either way, uh, it's. I think it's Mark. It's the healing of Jairus' daughter. And Jesus says to him, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Just believe. And there's lots of reasons to fear. Uh, not uh, Number one on the list might be the debate that happened this evening. Um, but don't be afraid. Just believe. Believe in God's goodness. Believe in his love for us. Believe in the v- purpose and the values and the intention that he has for your life. Rock and roll. That's good. Matt Williams, you have the last I'm word. I'm getting ready. 
It's in John. Jesus wept. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I got Say worried. It again, that, sir. Say it again. Dad, I got worried. I thought the Gatorade bottle was going to come up there for a second. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I was ready to buckle don't, in. Don't get me started. Welcome uh, to the uh, altar call, kids. <laughs> mine is Isaiah 4110. Have no fear, for I am with you. Be not afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and give you help and uphold you with my righteous right hand. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I pray that you guys would continue to be blessed in everything that you do. What you, what you do is, is so important. Podcasts are such a valuable and vital part of the conversation. It's a great way for people to listen along, to feel like they're, they're talking with friends, to join in a community uh, of people. And when you're speaking, uh, everything that you do, obviously we do for the glory of God, but whether you're talking about uh, games or comic books or sci-fi or uh, whether we're talking Christian hip hop or whether we're talking about your favorite sports and your you're jeeking along as one does uh you know i just pray that that not only would you engage with people's fandom but you would also inspire their faith and that the light of christ would shine through everything you do i mean i just pray for blessings uh for increased influence for uh all the prosperity that you can get if, it, if you got a patreon or if you're selling t-shirts or you're trying to rebuild a website or whatever it is you got eleven thousand people in your facebook group you got to thin that herd because it's, it's the, the wild, wild west, west. yeah i just pray that god would give you favor and everything that you do and uh, if you haven't already if you're listening to this uh, please go over give a listen uh, hit the subscribe button even if 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 you only uh, you know listen every now and again subscribing is so important leaving reviews is so important we like stars especially when they come in fives and uh, if, if I'm not mistaken if you leave a good review they'll even talk about you on the infinity bros do if you leave a bad also review, if you leave a bad they review they too. talk about it we will we're looking for bad reviews so please come give us a bad review don't do that give them good reviews but uh, but it's it's so important that we support each other that's why we do this uh, in, in this environment we want to make sure that we're not just on uh, islands in and of ourselves that we're not somehow siloed out where it's your thing my thing their thing but really it is all our thing because we're we're all one family together so i'm grateful for each of you guys i'm so honored to meet uh some of you guys here i mean i know scotty but this is our first time really talking in person lj matt mm-hmm. and max so thank you we'd love to have have you guys back uh, in the near future and uh, we want to do this regularly so uh, listen to geeks under grace listen to the infinity bros uh, not an explicitly christian podcast but they're they don't really do a great job at hiding uh, their faith on infinity bros uh, listen to the uh, breaking ring rust is that it matt Yes, that's the Pro Wrestling one and the and original Jeek podcast. The original Jeek podcast and, of course, the Christian nerd, godfather to us all. So uh, my name is Tony T for the Nerd of God cast or whatever it is that we are now. Uh, we love you. We bless you. Like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, we ain't got to go home, but we but can't, we can't stay, stay here. Yeah. You can definitely tell who's never made it to the end of one of our episodes before. <laughs> It's <laughs> you and you and you. <laughs> Bye. I ain't making it to the end of this one. <laughs>